Hello everybody, this is Rich Stitzel. It's 7.23 a.m. on December 14th. It's foggy and 43 degrees in Chicago, which is kind of strange, but I'll take it. I'm heading to a gig, gig number one of the day. Looking forward to playing a little, uh, little drums before the sun is completely up always fun. Um, Well, this is episode 41 of the Drum Mantra Podcast. We are ending the year, getting close to the end of 2018. It's been quite a year. I'll probably do a recap at some point of this year because I think I was sort of like not sleeping last night because all of a sudden uh, I was going over all the things that happened this year and man, it, you know, when you're in, when you're, when you're in it, you feel like there's so much to do, so much you got to get done. At least I do. And then <coughs> when I sit and look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's crazy. For instance, I wrote 17 hours worth of original music this year. I filmed 20 hours of instructional videos. Just off the top of my head, 50, 100, 150, it's easy to count gigs because you just think of a gig you play regularly and then multiply it by 50, which is almost how many weeks there are in a year. So I would say I played 200 gigs this year. Um, I don't know, it's just been... Pretty chock full year when you when you go back and look at it all. But like I said, when I'm when I'm in the middle of when I'm right in it, I feel like there's so much I need to get done. Maybe I'll uh, reflect on that and try to slow down a little bit because I'm sure it would be nice to slow down. But whatever. Um, so. This has been another interesting and very full week of stuff. I think this is my fourth gig of the the week already. I have another one tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday to make it a a cool seven. Plus, I had a recording session yesterday, which was pretty funny. And uh, I guess I could probably talk about it on my podcast, sort of. It's I do a lot of um, I do a lot of stuff that in my music career that usually is supposed to kind of, it's, it's so strange. It's like everything I do is private and I talk about that a lot, but, um, I do lots of, uh, gigs that are very interesting, but the client, but but like the clients we're working for, you know, it, it can't be known that, that, that I even did it. So, it's, it's kind of an interesting phase of my musical life to do this. And, and the same was kind of true last night for a recording session. Um, we were called in to, to record a song that was basically going to be <coughs> a backing track for a, uh, for a very well-known singer who was going to be singing 
different lyrics to a song that already exists for an extremely uh, well-known businessman, I guess you would say. I can't really say any names, but um, anyway, it's just a weird world that we live in, and so many crazy things go on behind behind the scenes that we don't even think about and 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 even though I do a lot of this kind of kind of private secret work every time I hear about some of it from someone else I'm like man that's so crazy that that's even true but things like major celebrity musicians like super high level platinum selling Grammy winning artists doing birthday parties for super wealthy people. That's that kind of thing happens all the time. And every time I hear about like, you know, I'll have a friend call me who's like a sound sound front of house sound guy for a very, very major act. It's like, Hey, I'm town. What are you doing? Oh, we're playing a private party. It's like, what? so crazy. It's crazy that when someone can sell out a 20,000 seat arena in a city and then go back to that same city and play a birthday party for 50 people and uh, and, and make more money than they made playing the arena. It's a wacky, wacky world we live in. Anyway, um, I didn't want to talk about that too much, but the recording session <coughs> it was interesting because we got there um, and I use the house kit at this particular studio because it sounds good for the, most of the things I do at that particular studio are, this is the same kind of thing I did last night. So, um, it's just, it just needs to be a generic, really clean sounding drum set. And they have a, a nice 1980s recording custom kit and, uh, so that's always, I just always request that that be set up. And then I usually bring snare drums, and sometimes I use, just use everything of theirs. Like last night I used their hi-hats, and I brought some, I brought a couple sets of hi-hats and a few crash cymbals, but I only used one crash cymbal to use their hi-hats. I didn't use any ride cymbal. Um, but we got in, got sounds, waited for the producer, got the chart and um, ran the tune basically just so the engineer could kind of get a good good level on everybody and get get more dialed in sound and then we tracked the tune and in the middle of the tune the computer in the main room went down so we had to stop and we started the tune over, and the computer crashed again. The computer crashed, I think, I think it crashed twice. It might have crashed even three times, but it was so strange. I guess they were, they were running too many plugins and Pro Tools or something. I don't know. But uh, finally, <coughs> everything, all the equipment was ready, so we tracked the tune, and three and a half minutes later, I packed up my stuff, and sat in the control room and listened to overdubs and stuff. But that session, literally, I mean, if 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 you took away all the computer errors, well, 
when we started tracking till the till the time that I stopped tracking was 17 minutes, but that was you know you take away all the computer errors and the session actually lasted three and a half minutes. So that's the interesting thing about recording sessions um, when you're going in to do something quick and everyone in the in the you know all the musicians are great it really barely takes any time to track the rhythm track stuff if if the engineer can get really good sounds fast I mean like I said we track that song as long as it takes to play the song is how long it takes to do the session now there are sessions that I've done where there are a whole day is spent on a song or you know three hours is spent on a song it just depends on what what you're going for this was not an album recording this was not something for the radio <coughs> but um, still it's kind of like I was talking to uh, someone last night about the session they were like man that must have been fun and I, and I was like well it, yeah it's, the hang is fun the tracking part of it is, is actually pretty quick. So, of course, it's always fun to play music. I love doing it. And it's fun playing in the studio because, I don't know, there's a little bit of pressure because there's a lot of people watching through the control room glass. At, and the, at this particular studio, uh, CRC, Chicago Recording Company, um, the main room where the engineer and, the you know, everyone in the in the control room faces out and they see the drum set goes in the in the room right in front of the window so drummers kind of on display at that particular studio at least when I track there they put the drums in that in that big room right in front of the glass um, anyway that's fun that was a fun time it's uh, it's the same people I play with all the time. We, we track stuff all the time together and also play gigs at, all the time together. Um, we played the night before. We did a, that three and a half hour long continuous jazz gig, which meant continuous means you don't stop. So the, the client wanted music the entire time. No, no break in sound. So we literally played jazz standards for almost three and a half hours. We, we started a little bit late because they didn't open the doors yet. It was for a big party. <coughs> and uh, we ended a little bit early, but it was kind of long. It was, it was especially hard for the, for the pianist because it was a real piano and he was having to work pretty hard. It was just a quartet. Um, anyway, I don't know if I, I totally have too much to say today, philosophically at least. Um, I kind of was overcome last night with some, with just a sense of gratitude for, for everybody. Uh, so I did a little post on Instagram just thanking everybody for, for um, I think I said, for bearing your soul to express your art. I just think we're in such an amazing time right now with technology and the way humans have kind of evolved into 
the use of technology and the use of social media and the whole psychology of everything has changed because we're all connected now. We're, we have full access to all information and we have access to all humans. And I just think it's an amazing time because it's like everyone has an opportunity to be, to, to show the world who they are. And I used to always remember when I was a kid, you know, my dad, my dad's a jazz musician. And we would always talk about, he would say, there's probably a guitar player in the middle of nowhere in Iowa or Kansas or something who is so good and no one will ever know who they are because they're in the middle of nowhere. And I used to always think about that. And it, I don't know if the best guitar player in the world would be in the middle of nowhere and no one would know who they are because I would think that you would eventually be recognized even before, you know, technology would make you connected to everybody. But, but just the idea of like... Or the other thing he says would, would be like, we'd hear a great player and he'd say, and, and they were kind of an obscure name, and he'd say, it's amazing how good you are, how good you have to be to be a nobody. And it was kind of a, another funny little joke quote that he would say. And it's, it, I just, the idea that art especially used to be controlled only, you know, as, 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 as recent as 10 or 15 years ago and music in particular you know the recording industry or or even even more specifically that's more related to what's going on right now the television industry the you know if you were if you wanted to be an actor and or you wanted to be a writer for a television show you had to be so lucky and in the right place at the right time and go through so many hoops to convince the very few people at the top of the industry to give you a shot. And then it was very common practice in the recording scene and probably in the, in the television writing scene as well, I would imagine, is a lot of times record labels would would basically fund a band and then shelf the band. It was, there were all these financial loopholes and the record labels and there was so much, so much, um, I don't know, uh, just kind of dishonest stuff going on with money and taking advantage of, of bands and artists and, <coughs> and, it was a really hard time. It was it was it was difficult. And now anyone can can if they're if they're creative and they want to write a television show, they can do that. They can use their phone and and film stuff and put it up. And we've watched people come out of the woodwork who have gotten big recognition for these, you know, little Films that they will create and put on YouTube or Instagram or in the old days, the old days, haha, Vine. Um, and the same with, with musicians. You can put your music on 
SoundCloud or Musical.ly or Bandcamp or or even YouTube or posting stuff on. I mean, you can just you can get your stuff out there, and there's just a, a better chance of the of the micro niche audience that might be interested in the, in the, that artist's particular stuff to find that artist and to follow that artist. And that just wasn't possible before. I mean, there was limited shelves at record stores and there's limited time on the radio for airplay. And all of that stuff has changed now because everyone is their own radio station. Everyone is their own television station. And so everyone can create their own world. And then people who are attracted to that particular expression can tap right into it. It's it's pretty extraordinary situation that we've we found ourselves in and it's only the beginning. I think it's amazing that we're just having this explosion of explosion of creativity and expression and of course right now it's getting mixed up with um the ideas of being famous and I think I think that will go away eventually. I think that we're so new in all of this and getting recognized and, and, you know, getting likes and feeling approved. I think that that is a, that's something that humans, uh, have never gotten the, gotten to experience except for at the very top with, uh, you know, famous musicians and famous actors or famous politicians or whatever famous, you know, the, the, the top level, you know, like an Einstein or, a or a Ronald Reagan or I don't know you know whoever some you know top of the top of the the food chain of each industry but now individuals are starting to sense find this and then people who just want to be famous are putting stuff out hoping that they get a get a foothold or get some attention and that is that is you know I don't know I'm not going to judge it but uh I think that people are um uh-oh, we got a little bit of a traffic jam here we're all trying to get to the coffee shop and this one person uh, that's not me honking by the way if you hear honking that is this car in front of me anyway I think that, you know, people are just, people are realizing, oh my gosh, I have a voice and maybe people will listen to me. Ah, God, I almost wrecked. Yeah, that was crazy. Come on, people. Sorry, I'm trying to get a coffee myself here before I get to my gig. I'm going to the back lot, my favorite coffee shop. And, uh grab coffee real quick but um yeah so I just think that going through this incredible time you know what I'm gonna take a break I'm gonna go in and get my coffee I'll come back and talk to you later okay <laughs>